If you're thankful to God, I want you to go ahead and praise him again in this place. Truly, he is worthy to be praised. You hear me say it almost every Sunday. This is the day the Lord has made. So we ought to rejoice and be and be glad in it. Why? Because we have so many reasons to be grateful to God. And if you've been with us during our series Kingdom Project, you know that we've been looking at what God is calling us to and want to use us, at how he wants to use us as citizens of his kingdom. For God's kingdom is God's reign and rule over his people. And so as we continue in examining the scriptures as to indicate what God has for us, I invite you to turn in your Bible, your copy of God's Word, and join me in the gospel according to Luke. Luke, the 14th chapter, is where our message for the morning is coming from. Luke, the 14th chapter. And our reading will begin at the 12th verse. Luke, chapter 14, beginning at verse 12. When you made your way um, to that particular verse, you'll see words similar to these. He, being Jesus, said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends and your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at a table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now, but Holy Spirit, uh, we want to look at this particular text with this thought in our minds, and that is extend the invitation for others to be a part of the celebration. I added that part, media team, at the end. I just want to make sure you get that, that we're called as kingdom citizens to extend the invitation so that others might be able to join us in the celebration of God's goodness. Would you bow your heads with me for a word of prayer? For Father, we are in your presence. You've allowed us and blessed us to come into this sacred space one more time. And in this moment, we are directing our attention to your word. Please make our hearts, our minds, receptive soil for the seed of your word. That not only will be hearers of your word, but also doers of your word. That you would use us, that you would reign over us that your perfect will be accomplished here on earth as it is in heaven. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. It was Dr. Howard Thurman, in partnership with Dr. Alfred Fisk, they were founders of the Church for the Fellowship of All People in San Francisco. It was the first racially integrated, multicultural church in the United States of America. I'm talking about before President Truman signed the executive order in 1954 to uh, desegregate the U.S. Armed Forces, before Brown versus the Board of Education, before the 64 um, Civil Rights Act, a couple of Christian believers got together under the compulsion of biblical teaching and said the church of God is supposed to be for all people. 
And as a result of that, um, they would meet on a regular basis and have communal meals after every worship setting. Now, all the Baptists in the house, y'all might want to say amen right there, um, because you know how we are. We like to meet, greet, and eat, at least some of us. But perhaps they've taken their encouragement from the very passage of Scripture that we're reading where when you consider the kingdom of God, kingdom citizens all have the blessed privilege of coming together to, to sit at the table. That's what we're going to work for a moment, to sit at the table and at the table that God calls us to as we are able to partake in the blessing of being a part of God's kingdom, there is still room for us to invite others to come in and join. And that's really the encouragement here, that God is calling us, kingdom citizens, to help bring others into the kingdom. God is calling us as kingdom citizens to help bring others others into the kingdom. Our context is such that Christ is at a, a dinner party, if you would. He's actually sharing a lunch, and the beginning of the 14th chapter of Luke tells us uh, that there are those who invited him because they wanted to watch him carefully. So here they're examining Christ to see what he's going to do and what he's going to teach at this dinner party. It's interesting that even though those who invited Christ had um, misguided intentions, Christ never refused an invitation to be able to join with others. I hope you caught that. That he never refused an invitation, a dinner invitation. So here they're at dinner. They're at dinner, and can you see them? They're, they're seated around the table. Really, in this context, they're reclining around the table. And as they're reclining around the table, you know, the who's who wants to get in and sit close to Jesus. And there they are. And Christ then uses this as a teaching opportunity. And again, he teaches about the kingdom of God. There they are. He's telling them, those around the table, as he looks at the who's who of religious society, the Pharisees and scribes are all there, but then there are those who weren't invited in on the dinner time, and Christ speaks up, and he tells the host, the one who initially invites him, he tells them basically, listen, don't just invite people who look like you to the dinner table. Don't just invite people who believe like you. Don't just invite individuals who uh, you share the same political views with. He said, no, because when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is an open invitation for everybody to come and experience the blessing of God. I hope you get that, because with that comes an invitation, an invitation that is still extended to you and I today. When you look at the text. Christ then gives them a story, and he tells them this parable. He says that when, when you come to the great banquet, verse 16, but he said to the man, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Invited who? He invited many, and at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for now everything is ready. Notice now, God, Christ then illustrates the kingdom as the master inviting many to come and partake 
in the celebration that he has prepared. Come on now, let me talk to somebody. Anybody know anything about celebrating? Uh, no, man, real people, real people. Anybody out here really know something about celebrating? I mean, before cooling the game said celebration, good time. Come on, anybody? Anybody know anything about, about celebrations here? This is a massive celebration. Now, I see you all, and I was check, checking some of you all out. I see you right now because you were looking at the length of the passage, and you were wondering when I'm going to get you out of here before 530. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. As though something's supposed to be happening at 530, I don't know. Um, but, but let me check. Some, I, heard, I heard it out there somewhere over there. Somebody said Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Well, let me see here. Um, any any San Francisco 49er fans? Ah, okay, all right. I, I'm, I'm, doing a, I'm doing a survey here now. Um, uh, any Kansas City Chiefs fans? Oh, oh, check that out now. Uh, well, let me check one more time. Uh, any Jesus Christ fans? Oh, I'm, I'm just checking for a moment here, because if we can shout at the Super Bowl, and yes, I'm going to get you out just before the game starts, okay? Uh, you can see Taylor Swift and Usher and all the good people uh, that will be there, uh, but... Uh, Come on back, come on back, come on back. So, but if you think that's going to be a celebration, that celebration uh, for the Super Bowl that comes once a year, it comes and it goes. For those of you, if your team is going to be successful, you'll celebrate for a moment, maybe even for the duration of the week, but then that celebration is going to wane. But when you have been a part of the celebration of Christ, when you have been invited to partake in all the blessings that Christ has for your life, you know that that celebration continues on. Anybody celebrates God loves in here? Anybody celebrates God's peace in here? Anybody celebrates that you have a Savior who always welcomes you to partake in what he is doing? I hope you get this because Christ is really painting the picture. Really, he's gently correcting the host who thought that he was uh, being religious in his saying when he initially made this toast that everybody who will be in the kingdom will be blessed. Christ then gently corrects that by letting him know that the blessings of the kingdom are already ready for you to partake in. They're already ready. See, the first thing I want you to understand is the blessing of the kingdoms are ready to be experienced right now. That, that God invites us as the master of the great banquet. He invites us to come and partake in the blessings that he has in store for us. If I had David in the congregation, David would tell you he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Has God ever provided for you when you were looking and didn't know how it was going to happen, didn't know how ends were going to be met, but all of a sudden you realized you are a king's kid and he provided for you? That's what happens when you are part of the kingdom of God. In fact, if you're with us on last week as we were looking through the Beatitudes, you might remember Matthew 5 and 6 where Christ says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I hope you get this, that this invitation that the master has provided for us, first in ancient days, the invitation, initial invitation would go out to let individuals know that a banquet was to come. 
Now, you have to understand, this is before the time of email and Snap and Instagram. And so they had to let the word, let people out in the world know that, hey, there's going to be a great banquet for individuals to come and partake in. And when the day would arrive, the servants of the master would go out and let everybody know the time has come. It's time to celebrate. The party is on because the master is calling you, inviting you to come and join in on the party. I see why some of us are pausing right now because we don't really understand what is really taking place here because what we see here in the kingdom of God is being represented as it's being represented as a banquet table that's already been set up. Hold on, you're not with me just yet here. It's, it's a banquet table that you didn't have to do any work for. You didn't have to grocery shop. You didn't have to, you didn't have to prepare anything. All you had to do was just show up. Come here. Anybody in here ever been to a banquet where you realized when you walked in? You, mm, let me see here. I was, I was invited to lunch the other day. Um, and, and feel free when the Lord leads you to invite your pastor to lunch. That's not a bad thing. But I, I was invited to lunch the other day, and I realized something. Lisa, um, I realized that when I, when I went into the lunchtime, I was at the appropriate time, I was at the appropriate place, I was where they told me to be. Uh, I walked in, Scott, and when I walked in, I realized that I had left my wallet inside my vehicle. Uh, now, now, I don't like going someplace uh, without my wallet because sometimes people who invite you don't, don't really invite you, right? But, but, but notice something here. I walked in the restaurant, Fred. Um, in fact, it was you. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and I walked in the restaurant, uh, and, and the bill came. And check out Fred. Fred was, like, Fred was like, oh, no, I already got that covered. Come here. I'm just trying to help you understand something. That's just a picture of grace. When you come, Drew, to the table that God has prepared, you for, prepared for you, he says, listen, there's no work for you to do. I've already got that covered because the reality is we couldn't work enough to deserve to be at the table. We know the truth is we don't deserve to be at the table. In fact, when you read the text, it says that when those who were invited refused the invitation, the invitation went out to the poor, the lame, the blind, and guess what? That's you and I. We were poor, we were lame, we were blind, we were busted from the floor up, and yet God in his, am I talking to myself? Yet God in his grace, the Bible says he, he looked beyond our faults, souls and our condition, and he welcomed us to partake at the table. Have you accepted the invitation? I mean, really, have you accepted the invitation from the master? who says, it doesn't matter where you come from, you are welcomed at my table. Now, you know, don't look around right now, because there's some people, they have all kind of rules before you get to their table. But when Christ calls your name, he's just giving you an invitation and said, listen, I just want you to, to come. Uh, Revelation 22, 17, the spirit and the bride says, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take water, the water of life without price, come. I love this. He says it's without price. Why? Because Jesus already paid it. He, he paid the price. He paid the admission fee. He paid for you and I to be able to participate in the kingdom's blessings. It's interesting in this text that this grand invitation goes out. This grand invitation goes out that the kingdom preparation is now ready. But look with me at verse 18. But to those who initially got the invitation, though, but they 
all alike, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen, and I have to go and examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, my wife ain't letting me go. No, it's just right there. <laughs> I have married a wife. Doesn't say that. I married a wife. Said, and I cannot come. Don't look at your wives right now. It's Valentine's Day week. It's not, it's not a good time. Notice the invitation is extended to all, to many. But just receiving the invitation won't get you into the kingdom's banquet. Ah, you have to accept the invitation. In other words, you have to make good on coming, showing up, saying yes, and coming to the table. Notice they allowed the cares of the world to distract them from accepting the invitation to be a Christian. That's really what he's illustrating here. Uh, one said, well, I have some, some business to tend to, so when I'm done with the business, then maybe I'll accept the next invitation. Or, um, well, you know, um, I'm, I'm in this relationship, you know, I'm in this relationship now, so God, I prayed for the relationship, but now that I have the relationship, I don't have time for you, Lord, so maybe. Am I meddling here? I'm not trying to meddle on this day. Uh, I can't accept the invitation. It's amazing how we ask God to come into our lives and, and bring blessings into our lives, but when God opens the door for us to go deeper with Him, we find other distractions in our lives than to connect to Him. Listen to me, listen to me. Just because you got the invitation, just because you have a knowledge of Christ, just because you know what Christ has done for you, doesn't mean you're in the kingdom of God. It's only those who've given their lives to following Christ that are in the kingdom of God. And the question that needs to be answered is, do you just know about the table or have you taken your seat at the table? Yes, it's, it's ready for it to be experienced. But look at verse 21. Uh, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. I told you earlier, we were the ones who were poor, crippled, and blind. We were the ones who didn't even know how to look for God, and yet God sent someone to look for us. Let me be honest. Anybody in here, God has blessed you to know him personally. Anybody in here, you know God. Well, I'm not a betting man, but I would bet if I, if I had to, I would bet that God sent someone to you to tell you about the goodness that, and the blessings he has in store for you, that God sent someone to you that exposed you to the love that God has 
for you, that God sent someone to you to tell you everything that there is to know and have in Christ Jesus. Somebody went to you and told you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed him would not perish but have everlasting life. Someone went to, to you and told you if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Someone told you that if you trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, he would direct your path. Somebody told you that Jesus was on the throne and he welcomes you in to be a part of his family, but if they hadn't told you, you wouldn't know. Hmm? And yet, the servants who know the master personally not only have an invitation to accept, they have a mission to accomplish. Look there in text. He sent the servant, and he said to the servant, go out quickly. There's a sense of urgency here. He sent the servant out to look for those who weren't aware of the blessing of the banquet and compel them to come and experience what the servant knew that they could experience. Ah, aren't you grateful that the first time you heard the invitation and you may, if we're honest about it, if you're like me, you ignored the invitation. Aren't you grateful that the invitation kept coming? Aren't you grateful that God didn't give up on you, but he kept on, kept on, kept on sending messages to you? And notice, notice here in the text, he says to compel them in the streets, in the lanes of the city, because some of us truly know that when God got a hold of us, it wasn't when we were here in church. We were still out there in the streets, in the lanes, in the byway, and yet God loved you enough to send somebody with a message to you to say, God is inviting you to better. He's inviting you to greater. There's something great for your life that you can experience when you just accept the invitation. But I fear that now we've been selfish with the invitation. Since we're at the table, we don't realize that there's still room at the table for others. Since, since, since we're at the table, perhaps we've gotten like the Pharisees and believe that the only people at the table or should be at the table are people who think the way we think. No, because there was a time when you didn't think the way you think about God. There was a time you didn't love God the way you love him. But now that you know that God has room for you, don't close your eyes to the reality that God has room for somebody else too, and he wants to use you to get the message out to them that they will know God the way you do. Oh, there, there is room. There's good news in text. There, there is room. Why? Because the invitation to experience the kingdom is extended to everyone. Everyone. Extended to, to everyone. Luke 9, 11, I love the way the, way the text says it as Christ was, was, was teaching and, and doing miracles. It said when the crowds learned it, learned that, that what Christ was doing, they followed him and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Come here, come here. Notice the text. He welcomes in everyone. If you're hurting, God welcomes you in. 
If, if you're struggling, God welcomes you in. If, if you feel like you're all alone, well, there is one who is calling you to be a part of the kingdom. But hear me, saints of God, the only way the hurting will ever get healed is that they heal those who are spiritually healed, those who are forgiven of their sins. If we go out and we tell them who the great healer is. Or is it we no longer have a concern for the loss? God forbid that we receive the blessings of God and not share the blessings. I'm not going to pick on the Kansas City Chief fans. I know you're out there. I know you're out there. Good to see y'all. Glad you came to church first, okay? Good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. I won't pick on you too much, but the reality is when you are a fan of any team, everybody around you know that you're a fan of that team. When you are a fan of any team, everyone who knows you know that you are a fan of that team. Well, when you, when you are part of the kingdom, team, when you are part of Jesus' team, then everybody who knows you ought to know what team you are a part of. I hope you get this. If people can know what your dietary restrictions are, if people can know what your favorite football team is, if people can know other things about you that have no eternal significance, then shouldn't they also know of the God who saved and redeemed your life? Shouldn't they know of the God, the master of your life? Shouldn't people who know you best know the God that's on the throne of your heart? How will they know if we don't tell them? How will, we, how will they know if we don't, we don't share it? Listen to me, saints of God. There is still room at the table for all those who God has allowed your life to brush up against. And this invitation is for everyone. It's for everyone. In Acts 10, 34, when Peter was getting this lesson from the Holy Spirit because he thought that Jesus, uh, God rather, was, was partial, he realized and understood that God shows no partiality, which means then that God welcomes everyone. Lifestyle problems, God welcomes you. Doubts, God welcomes you in because he can clear up the doubt. You just need to be here. You know what messes me up sometimes? Can, can I just talk to some church folk just for a moment here? Uh, what messes us up sometimes that church folk think that they got to be selective as to who they extend the invitation to. As though you got to be dressed up and cleaned up before you come and receive the invitation. I'm scanning the congregation right now because I want you to think that I'm speaking directly about you, uh, but I'm just speaking to you that God has blessed us and when we, he's blessed us to know that he's accepted us. Guess what? He then empowers us to extend the invitation to others so that others will know no matter where they come from, no matter what they've been involved in, the invitation to the kingdom is also accepted to them because if any person is in Christ, they're a new creation. It doesn't matter what you've been through. The old have past, the new have come. You have to let others know that Christ wants them here too. That's people you work with, people you live with, people you shop with, people you, you, you play with. God wants them to know of his love. And the only way they'll know is if you share it with them. Ah, the story of a young boy 
a young boy right after a storm, he was walking on the beach, and there on the beach he had a bucket in his hand, um, and Dr. Al, the text, uh, the, the story goes on that this little boy, as he was walking along the beach, he was catching the starfish, and he's throwing them back into the water. There are starfish all over the place, and yet he was just doing his, fe his fevered best to pick those starfish up and throw them into the water. Then a man came. A man saw him as he was trying to save the starfish, and he looked at all the starfish on the shore, and he asked the little boy, do you think what you're doing is making a difference? The little boy didn't skip a beat. He picked up the next starfish, and he said, well, it's making a difference, this one right here. Come here, saints of God. I'm just trying to help you understand something. We can't reach everybody, but you can reach somebody. Somebody in your home needs to know what God has done in your life. Somebody on your job at your school needs to know what God has done in your life. And they need to know that they too have an open invitation to experience what you've experienced through Jesus Christ. Are you going to share the news with somebody? That's not a rhetorical question. I'm asking you, are you going to share the news with somebody? Because there is a responsibility here in the text. To the servant of the master, there's a responsibility, and that responsibility is to communicate what Christ has done in your life. Because everyone who accepts the invitation has a responsibility to extend the invitation. Look at the text, verse 22. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. Somebody say, there is room. And still there is room. I'm not talking about just here in the sanctuary. There is room in the kingdom. And if we just would invite someone, if you're old school like me, uh, anybody, you, you grew up uh, at a time when, uh, when, when there wasn't any airbags. Anybody? Like, I'm on this side right here. You remember that time when, when, when it didn't matter how much the seating capacity of the car was, um, if you could fit in, you got in. In, 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 in. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Uh, before the clown cars came in, we were just all bunch up. Don't look at me like that, you all. I know you're in the seatbelt world, you're in the, the airbag world, but, but don't, don't, don't date me. But there's a time where you could lay down on the back window seat. And don't, you know, don't, don't. And, and, and we still made it. But one thing we learned about it is that we were able to make room for each other. Listen to me. If you're listening online, I want you to know that there is room in the house for you. There is space in the house for you. And we invite you to come and be a part of what God is doing here, here in the house at Champion Forest. So we have a responsibility, saints of God. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to communicate with those whom God has allowed our lives to touch. Don't give up on the gospel's impact in someone's life. They may have not accepted the invitation the first time you extended it. They may have not accepted the invitation the second time you extended it. But if you know the power of God, and if you know that God's grace still works, if you know that the blood of Christ still works, then you need to extend the invitation as well. Look what he says. He says, still there is room. Verse 23, and the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Saints of God, God has called us to compel others to come to the master's table. That means we have to extend the invitation with urgency. 
Why? Because people are dying all around us and they don't know the gift of salvation that's in Christ Jesus. We need to tell them. We need to extend the invitation un unbiasedly. We don't pick and choose. We just let everybody know that Christ loved them enough to die for them. And he rose from the grave in all power and he invites us to partake in the kingdom's blessings. Yo, we got to extend this invitation consistently. All the time. If we can have conversations about everything else, we ought to be able to have gospel conversations about the greatest news in the world. Because I would hate for a neighbor who lived next door to me years and years and years at judgment day when Christ returns comes and says, I wish you would have told me. I want a family member who, who I've known that hadn't really experienced the love that God has for them. I don't want them at judgment to be left out and look at me and say, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? Coworker that you've worked years with, a, a schoolmate that you've matriculated with over years, and yet you have the answer. Jesus is the answer. The, the song we used to sing when we were younger was, Jesus is the answer for the world today. No matter what the problem, Jesus is the way. When you know the way, let someone wander off loss. No, you tell them. Tell them why you celebrate Christ. Tell them how God healed your life. Tell them how God lifts you up. Tell them how when you were in a dark, the darkness of despair, it was the love of Christ that came to you from a kingdom citizen, from a Christian who knew him, and you realize there is hope. Because they shared it with you. God wants to use you to share it with others. Pray for the ones you know who are lost. Pray that God would give you the opportunity. And when he does, tell them your story. You don't need to know Genesis or Revelation. You just need to know your story. What has God done for you? Share Share it with others so that when you leave here, this experience won't just be your experience, but you'll, you'll share your experience with everybody God brings into your path. Because as servants, we have a responsibility. And that responsibility is to extend the same invitation that we've accepted. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. Yo, we got to get on mission. We got to do what God has, has called us to do. Acts 13, 47, for so the Lord has commanded us, saying, he's commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of of the earth. You have a story to tell. 
you have an invitation to extend. Don't get quiet. Share it with those whom God has connected you to. If you can stand all over the building. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforce.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.